listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Down by the Bank, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Uh, Derek here. What's up, guys? It's JK3. Corey's on an absence. He is trying to see if he can still get a hot dog for free. <laughs> the, the glizzy, the glizzy God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're, we're never going to get a hot dog, dude. It's no, like, good night. <laughs> dude, so uh, what I wish, do you remember uh, a couple, couple years ago, not uh, probably several years ago now when Bud Light randomly put those, uh, those, tall coolers of Bud Light around Cleveland. And like when they open, like when they won, they would open them or unlock them and like random bars and everybody got beers. Like yeah. when, when do we hit that point? Never. When, when do we hit that point? Cause I mean, we're, we're now we, we are the, like, I mean, we're, we surpassed the Browns. We're in lions territory now, or we're with the lions. So we're, I mean, we're treading into some, some awful historic territory right now. And, and and the crazy part about it is when you look at the fun things like that, whether if it's a hot dog or a beer or, or whatever it is, like it, it just sucks, sucks the life out of you as a fan. It sucks. the, the I know it sucks the life out of me. And yeah. I'm like, come, come on, guys. Like you become a gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Like you get us. a. I tell you, Con and them down there, they're the ultimate hype man. They know how to they know how to hype up a fan base. They really know yeah. how to hype hype us up. Uh, but then when it comes down to the nitty gritty, we just don't have it, man. We just don't have it. And I mean, we you look at the product on the field, you look at the product in the concession stands. Oh my god! <laughs> He's just Again, man. <laughs> Again, I try to give him for some reason. I, I try to give him another. I try to give him another go. Uh, again, this this weekend, you know, I. I Cause I just try, man. I really do try to support the stadium. I try to be the good fan, you know. And again, it was just there wasn't really anything appetizing. But then I also saw a tweet where someone, uh, I guess, they're feeling the same, um, you know, the the same feelings that I have because they got nachos and apparently the cheese was ice cold. <laughs> so imagine it like like gak, like orange gak on your on your <laughs> nachos. That's just bad, man. He probably yeah. had cheese with icicles in it too, something yeah. like that. As compared, though, but as compared to, so I know this is a, a Jaguars podcast, but Monday, uh, you know, I shot up to Atlanta uh, with a couple of uh, a couple of my friends and uh, caught the Braves uh, Braves game, and it was a one p.m. first pitch, and the atmosphere was unreal. One p.m. on a Monday, nobody at work, and on top of that. The new stadium, it's uh, northwest of Atlanta. So, like, that's no excuse. Everyone drove. The, the stadium was packed. The whole area that they got outside of Truist Park was insane. And the concessions. Dude, it was like dealer's choice, man. I could go if, if I wanted, like, barbecue, if I wanted the traditional, uh, you know, ballpark food. Uh, they had sushi. That was uh, pretty decent. And then uh, also, uh, but I think the main meal that I had was the tacos because I was so excited to get like, you know, the stadium concession. But baseball concessions is like a whole nother level. 
You know, yeah. I got the, the beer bat. I mean, even the jumbo shrimp killed the Jags uh, as far as stadium concessions go. Dingy. I mean, it's true, though. It, it's true. It, it, it really oh, is man. true that, that minor league team. And the minor league teams are, you know, known for that gimmicky stuff. You go to a minor league game on, like, Wednesday, Hawaiian shirt night. You know, you one of the first, you know, thousand people in there to get yourself your Hawaiian shirt. Um, but, I mean – that I guess the gimmick with the Jags is on the field right now. So I don't know. Yeah. No, the, the gimmick is, is just the, the, the bad football, man. Like when you really sit back and think about uh, how they have been the, the, these last, you know, few weeks being on the doorstep, although the score doesn't look that way, they were on the doorstep of this game uh, of yeah. not only being highly competitive, but, pulling out a victory because if you look at it statistically on paper, you ask yourself, how the heck did we lose this game? And and there's so many different plays, so many different avenues that there's one particular situation, which I'm sure everybody has uh, looked at, overanalyzed. I'm going to, to really sound off on it because it just doesn't make any sense, but you want to, you want them to do so well. And we'll start with like the quarterback situation, you know, how Trevor played and how I look at it is with the bad coaching that we've had. And yes, it's bad coaching. Okay. Bad. Coaching. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah. But Trevor, man, how is he improving with this, with these coaches? Man? <laughs> he, I mean, so at the beginning and just watching him track and watching his pitch count, as far as, you know, tracking him from the games, uh, you know, the first game, he threw 51 times as opposed to today, 33 times. And I think that is a sweet spot for him. Anywhere from like 33 to 35 plays, um, you know, is it, probably where he should be because he, there is still a learning curve and there is still, you know, he is still a rookie. Um, so I will I will say that as far as the improvement goes, he's been a little bit more cautious with the ball. He had a, uh, the box score says that he has a pick um, um, during the game, but I don't. I don't know if it was in garbage time or or not, um, but yeah. So I mean, he did have that that one interception, which you know we as Jags fans have already come to amends that he's going to throw the picks. But I think he's been a lot more careful with the ball. I think he's been able to now throw some receivers open and throw some places open, our players open. But you know when he is scrambling and when the offensive line does, you know have to eventually, you know they've got a, a, a timing when he is scrambling. One thing I'm not seeing from the receivers is anybody working back to the ball. Like I'm not seeing the receivers coming back and trying to bail him out for help. They're still running their routes, and he's like running for his life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, remember the interception was at the end of the game. I think it was like the yeah. last play, last play of the game. So last play, uh, I was, I yeah. was, I was well on my way to the parking lot by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last play of the game. You know, it's funny. We we end on a fumble, uh, or we begin on a fumble, and then end on a, on an interception, but. Man, it, it really kind of just – I look at it as you've got this all-world talent, and he's like a Swiss Army knife. You can do so much with him, and you can throw a lot at him too, and he can digest it. But when you have – and where you, you – what was it you said earlier before we started this? Inept? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a coaching yeah. staff that make dumb decisions and do dumb things – at the most critical times, at the most critical times, and one of those times, and it's always going to be that way. It, if for an NFL team, the red zone is critical. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's critical. You got to score, you know. 
touchdowns, checkdowns. Okay, that's what the, it's been preached in everybody that's ever played, ever watched, whatever knows. You're either going for six or you're going for the checkdown. So you don't turn the ball over. Okay. So you could at least get some points out of it, but you don't want to kick a field goal. Once you get inside that 20, you want points. Right. And that's well, we haven't made a that, field goal all year. So yeah, we, yeah, we had that's another <laughs> thing too. But I don't know about you, but I'm sitting here like that's like three games now where I've seen them get down in the red zone and, and JK3, they're just like, oh well, let me figure out the dumbest thing I can do to make it so hard for our team to get in the end zone. Let's have I the mean, dumbest call. Eventually, like when do you when do you try to not prove that you're smarter than everyone in the NFL? Because I, I mean, from from where I'm from, where I'm coming from is, you know, and I think we're talking about that first and that first and four on the four yard line, and they come out in shotgun, and everyone in my section just started shouting obscenities, <laughs> like you gotta be, you gotta be blanking, kidding me. I can't, what are you doing? And the crazy part about it, and the one thing that I just don't understand is like, you know, for, first and four, I mean, even with the, even, even with the Bengals game, you know, when you're down there in that, in that area, within that five yard lines, why, why is your first call not to bring in 25? Why, why, why don't you bring in James Robinson? He's averaging, I mean, he's averaging like, like 5.9 yards of carry after first contact. That's mm-hmm. after the first contact. Why are you not feeding this man the ball four straight dives in a row? Four of them. And, and worst case scenario, if that doesn't work, and I guess it came out this week that they're not comfortable running the quarterback option, which I don't get how you could be uncomfortable with that. Trevor Lawrence is, you know, six, whatever, and two, whatever. He should really be able to take the ball and stretch over and just break the, break the, break the plane. All he's got to do is get the tip in. He's got to break the plane. You know, you break the plane and it's good. As much as video replay and everything else like that we have now, all you got to do is break the plane, break the plane, bring it back and protect it. All you have to do. But first and four, you guys are running plays out of the shotgun and anyone that's watched football long enough or knows that that end zone is the, the, the 12th defender. You can only do so much within that 10 yards or 14 yards in this, in this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. It, it really, it, first of all, even having Carlos Hyde in the game during that time, it's not like, oh, we needed to give Robinson, we need to give James a break. No, you didn't because you didn't give him any carries for the first two games, so he should be fresh and ready to go. Okay, so don't don't right. play that don't play that game. And, yeah, I know Hyde is a big back and all that other thing, but no, no, you have your superstar running back in the game. One, two, all right. Yeah, Shaviskas gets, LaVisca gets us down. And we end up, uh, what you know, first and goal at the five, run a play incomplete, and I think the pass got picked to Agnew, but that got called back. And then you get down and try to, you know, run, run, run down, uh, pass the, you know, to score, and you can't get in. New Why flash. do you even throw that pass? Yeah, that's that's the one thing. Why <laughs> throw the pass? One and two. Why are you running behind the right side of that line? Yeah. Why we we got a backup and a tackle that. Hey, sorry, but everybody's been harping on him. Okay. So why are we running on the right side? Why are we even running on the right side? That, that's the second thing. So you have your best players not in the game. You're running on the right side. You're calling passes on first down or second down, whatever it was. So that's three things. Oh, but guess what? We're not done. 
Okay. So then you get the third and goal at like the one and a half yard line or whatever it is. And you still run to the right side. Okay. Whatever, whatever it is. Then you get to fourth and one. All right. So you're lined up two tight end under the gun or under center. Thank you. All right. We, we at least got that right. Okay. You got the wrong running back in the game. The call is, you know, let's say it's something, you know, some number, you know, belly, whatever, to the right. Behind the backup guard and the tackle on the side that's no good, uh, Taylor, with your backup running back. And then guess what Tennessee does? They shift. Did you see that? Did you did you notice that? And blew that entire right side <laughs> of the line up. Okay. So there's like a, couple a bomb of- went off on the right side of the line. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this here is because this right here, to me, this right here tells me that they don't practice or work on red zone for nothing. And I mean nothing. Now, they might say, oh, we practice it. No, you don't, because you wouldn't screw this up. And I'll tell you why. One, all right, you don't have all those substitutions in the game unless you absolutely have to. You know, the backup guard, we know why Cam was out. So that makes sense. Two, why are you calling a run to the right? All right. That's the second thing. With your backup running back. Yeah, he's Carlos Hyde. He's a backup. Okay. So compared to what we have as a starter. So why wouldn't you run that to the left behind your contract tackle that's trying to prove a point? Mm-hmm. Behind your million dollar guard who's been a pro bowler. Yep. And you could get your pro bowl center involved. Yep. Why are we not running to the left? Okay. So it, We can, you know, oh, it's the short side of the field. I don't give a crap. We're not trying to run wide. We're trying to run straight. Yes. And then here's the last point. And this is where I can tell you for a fact that they aren't working on red zone. Experienced players, experienced quarterbacks, whatever, da-da-da-da-da. It's not about experience. When Trevor Lawrence hands that ball off, or when he's under center, before he takes that snap to hand that ball off, he should have saw that coming. Now, I don't blame him. I blame coaches. Because if he saw that shift that Tennessee did, he doesn't audible. He doesn't check out of that play. He goes through the play just as it's been called. He just doesn't hand the ball off. He fakes the handoff, and he runs to the other side for the touchdown. Peyton Manning. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Peyton yeah. Manning, and don't tell me, well, it was Peyton Manning. Guess what? Peyton Manning has two left feet, and he couldn't run. He is nowhere near of the athletic ability that Trevor Lawrence is as far as running, okay? And he could do it. That's my point right there. They don't work on red zone because if they worked on red zone, they would be able to understand and know, hey, Trevor, guess what? Before we do anything, guess what? If they shift in any way, don't even hand the ball off. Don't check out. Don't change anything. Just don't hand the ball off and you take off running. And maybe you sneak out a tight end. You got three of them in the game. Maybe you yep. sneak one out to say, hey, just in case if it, if, the, if the run's not there, you got at least one route option. So yeah. you have options. That tell, that's poor coaching and poor preparation because they don't do those little things. Remember, we talked about that. You and I, we, mm-hmm. we all three of us talked about that. The little things to make those guys be prepared on Sunday to be out there, to go out there and win football games. That, and, and another thing too, is that, you know, they don't, at least on the offensive side, you know, we'll get to the defensive side, you know, after, after the break, but 
the offensive side, man, I just don't understand why, you know, you, you go away from feeding the ball to James Robinson. I really don't. Uh, I mean, the guy, you know, he averaged, you know, he had that one long 58 yard run, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that boosted it, but numbers are numbers, you know, as a, you know, for him, it was 8.3 yards per carry, I think 6.4 total. Why, why are they not running the ball more? You know, and I, I think the key to, to, to being successful is to getting the ball into the hands of James Robinson more. I think getting the ball, uh, you know, on the ground for, for Trevor and again, moving that pocket and getting him into any of those read option scenarios is going to be what the team is really going to really, really thrive off of. But, you know, your running back is your workhorse and can definitely be that workhorse. And you got to get this guy at least 20 to 25 carries a game. And, you know, not, not even Carlos Hyde is, you know, kind of is taking them, but he's taking the valuable carries. Like Carlos had Hyde had five carries um, within the game. I mean, you give those to James Robinson, that's 23 carries right there. And within mm-hmm. that, within that, those goal line situations, he gets in. And even if he and, and then as far as your, you know, your, your point on coaching, if you're bringing Carlos Hyde in and with the substitutions and everything, you automatically know who's getting the ball. If you bring James Robinson in. You know, you may know that he's going to get it there, too. But then again, he can still be a, a valuable decoy that you have to account for, you know, because he but again, that's coming with, with setting up a run. Should have handed off that ball. But I, I did listen to the radio this week and kind of heard some things, but it made sense that. And uh, when I when I found out that Bevel was the offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl when Seattle could have. Handed the ball off the beast mode, but what they do? Oh man, it was slammed. That so it all makes the, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. That, it, that it makes right sense. There, man, you you don't get cute, okay? And then with Herb saying that you don't know what personnel. That's not what I bull, man. Bull. That's a bunch of bull. Don't give me that crap, okay? Don't give me that crap. Oh, I don't get involved. Guess what? You're losing and you're 0 and 4. Get involved. Okay. You get in 5 now. <laughs> 0 and 5. Yeah. Well, at the time where you're sitting there, they're losing and you got your your potential, you know, potential pro bowl running back cuz I think he's that good to be a pro bowler. Um sitting on the sidelines and you're letting Carlos Hyde, you know, the pride of Ohio State or however you want to put that, um in the game when when you're down it just doesn't make any sense. So they need to get it together from a coaching standpoint. I mean, look what happened. We we lost our, our, our starting center. Okay. He's gone. He's out. So when you think about that, so now you got two offensive linemen out, one starting wide receiver out. You've got a, a, a young quarterback that is, is looking for some type of help. That's, that's really, to be honest with you, it is, it's a, it's amazing that he's playing this well with such kind of poor choices around him as far as, you know, situational football. And we try not to get too much into the X's and O's when we talk, but situational football is so critical because these guys can already play. They're in the league. They can play. I've said this multiple times before. They've been playing since they were little kids. They know they're, they're the best. But when you have coaches that don't know how to put them in the right situations to, to maximize on their potential, it makes them look real bad. And that's what we're getting at. So, but man, it is just one of those things where you take a look at this game in Tennessee and you say to yourself, man, how did we hold on? 
Yeah. How did we hold on? Well, I, I think it's because, you know, with, with this team, they, 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 they right now, they have to play a perfect game. Perfect game, meaning that everyone has to be on their, you know, you know what, at, at all times in order for them to even become productive or really within stay within it. I mean, 37-19, <clears throat> but if you actually watch the game, it was a pretty close battle, you know, the entire way. There was a couple questionable plays, uh, you know, that the refs did. You know, I, in my opinion, I feel like, and I, I'm not a conspiracy theory about the refs, you know, but as far as like the team goes, you got to play the perfect game, meaning that you got to play you know, clean football um, and not leave any doubt or not leave any human error, you know, into something like that. So as far as, you know, them goes giving that, that Dan Arnold pass, that was an incomplete pass. That's an incomplete pass in 99.9% of NFL games. He didn't make the football move. He turned around and they see, you know, they're down seven, nothing uh, with 14 minutes to go in the first, in the first quarter. So it's like already before you even gotten your crappy popcorn, you know, from the concession stand, they're already down seven, nothing. And then the pass interference, as far as from, from, from Clay Brooks, I mean, you know, the Jags just aren't going to get those calls right now. They're, they're a, they're, they're not a winning football team. Um, they're not going to get those calls. They're not making the plays in order to get those calls either. So, I mean, the 14 point swing, you know, by the refs, man, you go ahead and take that away. I mean, you know, you you got a thirteen and nineteen ball game. Mm-hmm. Just if you if you take those two two key plays away, I don't think that the Jags, I, I, as far as the players goes, and you know, as far as some of the team stats goes, it, it on paper again, it's mis it's misleading. I mean, Derrick Henry's going to get his. You know, he he's going to that he's just a unbelievable football player right now in a, in a pass happy league. So of course he's going to get his his one thirty for 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 three touchdowns. They bottled him up pretty much a majority of the game. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Tannehill had a very lackluster game too, 14 for 22, 197. So, the, I mean, the defense was there, but, I mean, it's those critical situational plays that you're talking about, you know, not being able to get off the field on third down, um, you know, not really being able to, you know, just control the game and control the line of scrimmage. And I think the thing about it is, too, is – on paper, in all statistical quarter or, or, or all the st- statistical categories, excuse me, they led. And the difference is the plays that you you can't control. You know, the plays are the the that that call with with um, with Dan Arnold and the pass interference. Those two plays right right along right there truly, I believe, led to the Jags losing this game. I I agree with you, man. I I agree with you and. It's just a shame that we can't, man. It, we have Titans hate week for a reason around here, and it just does not work out for us. Yeah, I mean, it never works out. I mean, we, of course, we consistently, you know, lose lose to the or lose to the uh, the Titans. So, I mean, it sucks. But man, I, the the only thing that can really just really kind of change this, and I think from Cincinnati, from Cincinnati. Um, no, they played the so the second game was the Broncos, right? So it uh, went, yeah, it went uh Houston, then it went the Broncos, then the third game was the Cardinals. I think they've been playing solid football since Arizona. Yeah. They they've been playing solid, they've been playing really solid football for, for since Arizona. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I do agree. I do agree, especially the defense, which We'll we'll get to here in a second. But I think the run defense has been great. 
I think the, um, you know, some of the, the, the pass plays and some of the things they do, but I just, the coaching, man, I just don't understand. How do you not get the ball into these playmakers hands more? Like that, that's gotta be the key, right? Getting at least from an offensive side of the thing, like, why, how are you not getting the ball to, to Vishka more? How are you not getting the ball to James Robinson more? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, how are you not being creative and getting those things? I know ETN, whatever plans they have for him, but does ETN really make this offense that much better? Wouldn't figure out, they wouldn't figure out how to get him the ball. And that could have been him. We could have been running some toss sweep on, yeah. um, on fourth down or some pitch out or something that him and him and Trevor did together at Clemson, they would have tried to run some college tricks, but Oh man, we've, we've harped on this enough. We're going to step away for a second. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so let's switch on over to the uh, the defensive side of the ball and, and kind of really see, um, you know, where I think a lot of the worries <laughs> from from the Jags are coming from, um, you know, and I guess we can take it by level by level. But, I mean, Smoot, Smoot's been playing some good football these last couple of games, man. Great football. Awesome football. When, when you look at the, the defense and you, you really are saying to yourself, where are we going to find some bright spots? Dwayne Smoot is one of them. Um, you know, obviously we want Josh Allen to, to play well and he, and he did play, he did play. Okay. Uh, you know, chase on actually had a decent game. Chase on had one sack and and two tackles for loss. So that's what we want. We, we want our high draft picks, especially the ones we got for Jalen to pan out. (laughs) Okay. So, so um, yeah, so that's what we want now. The, uh, to me, the issue is clearly the side, whichever whichever uh, Shaq Griffin is not playing. Yeah. We don't do enough to help out that side. Why? Because our safeties aren't that good. Um, our safeties aren't that good. Well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't. Well, it goes. No, it, it goes. Jiggins, Jiggins is okay, but it goes wait, into what, what we were talking about about the like coaching. They're not putting the best players on the field. Like yeah. The entire and the entire you know the entirety of the draft and you know preseason. I mean, even up into this, we heard that you know Cisco was such a great player. We heard about all these you know just different just just attributes and all these other things like that. And so, if he was such a good player, I know he's coming off of an injury, but he's such a good player, man. You got to think that he's he's got to be better than Wingard. Yeah, yeah. 
Wingard's been playing good football for Wingard. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's been playing football, good football for him. He's not I been thought, playing good NFL football. He's been playing good football for him, for his sake. I thought Wingard would be on this team as a special teamer. I thought that I said, yeah, let him make the team. He'll be a special team whiz. You know why? Because he'll bring energy. Because that's what he does. He brings energy. He doesn't bring much else, but he does bring energy. And not having Cisco, and that really is a concern to me because you, you really want to sit back and think about, okay, you drafted this kid high, you know, in the higher rounds. Yeah, he had the ACL. Uh, he was a ball hawk. And the only way he can continue to learn how to be a ball hawk at the NFL level is to play. Okay, I guarantee he's one of those guys that needs to play. And we're losing anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah. If you play him or not. That's what really that's what really you know, you sit back, oh well, he's not ready. Well then guess what? The guys you got back there, we we're five games in and they keep getting torched. Okay. Torched. Your adjustments, and this is where I think the coaching gets really bad on the defensive side of football. Teams go into halftime and make adjustments. We'll travel back to the Cincinnati game. <laughs> Cincinnati made adjustments in the second half. And those adjustments basically were probably written on their board is we're about to go out there and bust a, you know, and that's yeah. pretty much what they did. Tennessee was the same thing, except for the fact you knew what was coming. You knew you were going to get a healthy dose of Derrick Henry. You knew you were going to get some play action. And you couldn't do anything to stop it. And they're, oh, because we don't have the talent. It's not about the yeah. talent. They weren't even in the right position. The talent, so, the talent in the from from the, in the secondary, man, it's just it it, it isn't good. Uh, again, you know, Shaq, if if you got to give me an interception, man, this the, you got this is the second pick that he's had his hands on and has been able to close the ball and bring it in. So yeah. I, mean, you, I, I got to get a pick. And those are value. And then again, that goes back into what I was saying earlier in the early. They got to play a perfect game to win a game. You shouldn't have to play a perfect game to win. You know, like people talk about ugly wins all the time. I would love an ugly win. But in the NFL, yeah. a W is a W, man. Yeah. And every team doesn't have to play perfect every Sunday to get a get a get a dub. The Jags do. They have to play a perfect game. I mean, they played a, a near perfect game. Um, you know, from from a penalty perspective, they played a near perfect game as far as, you know, getting the pressures and getting Tennessee to punt. Um, they played a near perfect game as far as clock management. But again, the, the those two plays and the one was vital. It came on offense and one was vital. It came on defense. Mm-hmm. That's it. The Clay Brooks, uh, the, the Clay Brooks pass interference was absolute baloney. No way, no way that should have done it, but that kept them into the game. That kept their drive alive, and mm-hmm. that, that's what it is. But that's a talent issue, man. I mean, the you know the the, the talent on there, and when you roll down the roster or roll down the roster and, and take a look at who the cornerbacks are, I mean, you've got you got Herndon, you've got Ford, um, you've got Shaq, you've got Chris, uh, you know Clay Brooks, Rayshon Jenkins. You just got a bunch of guys back there. You know, minus mm-hmm. Shaq, you just got a bunch of guys back there. You got a bunch of Jags. Yeah, you, you just, you just got a bunch of guys back there. <laughs> Nobody, you know, a bunch of guys that would not be st- – there's not a secondary or a secondary player on our team that would be starting for another NFL team right now. Mm, that's a deep um, – That's true. 
So maybe, Shaq Griffin, maybe, maybe for Car- maybe for okay minus minus Shaq uh-huh. minus Shaq maybe um, maybe for a team that's banged up, but as far as a starting opening day roster, everyone's wow. out fresh, everyone's out a hundred percent right now. Only person that starts on this defense or, or in the secondary for another team is is Shaquille Griffin. Dang. The guy we just traded to Carolina got burnt by Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper didn't even know who he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. That's It's it's terrible. You know, they're going to correct that. Let's see if they can, you know, with the GM and all that. They, they say, they're saying they're going to correct that, but that's going to take years to correct. It's, it's not just take, an overnight fix. So, so uh, uh, the general consensus is that people are saying that, oh, well, you need to give, you need to give Urban uh, and you need to give Bulky – you know, time to get a draft. Like, and I would, I would buy that. I would buy that, you know, dog crap is if they were actually competitive in the defense was actually competitive in the game. If the, if the scheme, and, and it's not even a scheme thing because, you know, Shaq is holding his own. It's just literally everyone else on the other side of the line or, or excuse me, on the other side of the field, they're just not good cornerbacks. I mean, Tyson Campbell, second round draft pick. Not a good cornerback. Your second round draft pick should not be losing his job to Trey Hearn. <laughs> I, I, lo- I don't get me wrong. I, I mean, it's not a personal thing or anything else like that, but I'm just saying your second round pick needs to be contributing automatically right off the gate. And he's not. That, when you spin it like that, you know, you really sit back and you look at it and you're like, geez. So if you're in a nickel, which you're, that's what you're in, you know, 75% of the time, you got four guys on defense that are going to, you know, that are liabilities, that are serious liabilities against, you know, average wide receivers or good wide receivers. I'm not saying none of these guys are average, but you look at some of the receivers that have really, you know, burnt us. Um, and you, you say, well, why can't we, you know, why aren't we competing? Why aren't we winning one-on-ones? Why are we in, you know, different, you know, these coverages? It just, you know, and, and now they're, in some of their defenses, they are having to cover for a while because we haven't been getting to the QB and, and they need to figure out how to generate pressure. And that's the way you can help out your, your, um, your secondaries is, is generate some pass rush. But I don't see any kind of they're not doing anything, anything to to rattle any QBs. I was watching how the, many uh, um how many sacks, how many sacks did uh I, I I'll probably look it up, but I don't know how many sacks they had on on uh on Sunday. Because I know that Tannehill they had three. I think they had three. I thought they had I thought they had four. Maybe they three had, or four. They had three. Three. Okay. Three. And he is averaging getting sacked like eight times a game. Mm. So what does that tell you? Mm-mm-mm. That we can't, we can't even Tennessee's offensive line is not that good this year. It's been yeah. documented. And we yeah, they, really... they lost it. And they had, they had like 21 players on their injury report. They weren't a healthy team. You lost a team that, that didn't have Julio. Julio wasn't playing. AJ Brown uh, banged up. And and again, this weekend, this weekend coming up, like on on on, on Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, on Sunday, Devontae Parker, 
Mac Hollins, Albert Wilson, Jalen Waddle. All wide receivers, people. Yeah, that nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that nobody knows. And if they get, they, I mean, with Miami, the way their offense is, they, they run through Gaskin, um, you know, Malcolm Brown, uh, you know, and, and and Brian Flores is a Belichick disciple. So, you know what? They're going to be well coached. Yeah, they're going to be well coached. They're going to grind the ball out. You're going to see heavy tight end from Gusecki. Um, and, and then, and that's what, that, that's what's going to be on. That's what the defense is going to be having to face. And I guarantee you that they make them look, I, I hope I'm wrong, but whoever's playing, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or Tua, uh, I think it's going to be, they, they said Tua could be clear to play, but I think it's going to be, uh, I think Brissett plays. I, I don't see them, you know, you know, trotting out Tua, uh, you know, immediately like that, but Jacoby, he's, he's a Tyrod Taylor ish player. Yeah. Who is not going to turn the ball over, but he's going to make sure he's putting the ball where it needs to be. So we're going to be playing the Dolphins on Sunday, and in our unfortunate second home in London. And I say that unfortunate because I wish we weren't playing any games in London. We have to especially, win, that. especially an interstate team. Yeah. A, what? <laughs> oh man, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we get to the before we get to the matchup, but yeah. Oh man, so hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We got a team five hour. We got two football teams, two NFL teams that are five hours away from each other. However you want to put it, that are going to mm-hmm. travel all the way across the pond just to yeah. play a football game. Yeah, NFL. Y'all didn't think that through, did you? You didn't think that through at all. Two interstate, two interstate teams. Oh my goodness. Literally. uh, man that's terrible yeah i mean i get maybe they're trying to you know the whole same time zone same area whatnot because i know a lot of teams have complained like if they took the uh cardinals game and put that one out there that would have been unfair to arizona because they traveled for you know all the way from the western you know part of the country but you can't not that close not that close. Not at all. Would you Would you rather have Would you rather have the Would you rather have a uh, a divisional game like Colts Texans, um, Colts Texans Titans? One of those teams played over there, or would you want like the in state like the the teams you really don't get to see a lot of? Well, it's kind of it's a that's a it's a good question. I, I don't know. Because you have to look at the schedule and just see how it shakes out. Like, for instance, what we have Buffalo this year, right? Uh, yeah, after the bye. After the bye, and that's where's that game? That game's yeah. up there, right? No, it's here. Okay, it's it's here. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Buffalo travels well, so and you know they have a good fan base. But maybe the, that they're on the east, they're on the east coast, so maybe you could have had that game. Yeah. It really just depends. It really depends. But the two teams from the same state, that's kind of weird, but they've done weirder things with with the, with the schedule and the Jags, so who knows. Um, but, yeah, the Dolphins, man, that's a game we got to win. It's a game we have to win regardless of who plays QB for them, who lines up on, on defense. They've got we got a pretty good secondary. They've got some decent oh. corners. Yo, yeah, their secondary is, is – you want to watch a good secondary on, on Sunday? Watch theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor gets picked off if he gets fooled a couple times um, in this one. 
you know, the the stats he put up over the last two weeks have been really good. And this game could be a little bit ugly if, if he doesn't watch it. And the way we can counter that, the way we can counter that bevel herbs is running the ball and running it till Miami is just sick of us running it. So that means Robinson gets 20 plus touches and go ahead and give Hyde five to 10, but make sure Robinson gets his first and make sure Robinson is in, in the red zone. Call timeout for all I care. Even if it's six minutes into the first quarter and you get to the red zone and Robinson's run four times, call timeout and give him a breather. Then run in it. Oh, you don't waste timeout to get this waste. Anyway, we lose them. Yeah. <laughs> try, try anything. Yeah. So they're going to run. They need to run the football a, heavy, a lot. Um, and they need to, they need to really think about, I, I hope they're working on red zone because that's going to be very critical when you have coaches that are as good as Flores, that they're going to really pay attention to detail. He's going to know that they're weak in the red zone. So he's going to do things to exploit that. If, if the Jags do get down into the red zone, um, kicking game, we don't have one. And I'm sorry, I don't count punting as the kicking game, although it is kicking and we can have, Even though you know, cook is like the best punter in the punter league, right <laughs> but I'm talking kicking game as in that can give us points and we don't have one. So kicking game, we're, we're already at a disadvantage. We're already at a disadvantage. I mean, both teams, I mean, Miami's one and four. We're 0 and 5. Um, it's just so hard for me to even just, just want to really take the Jags because I think that they've been in positions against, you know, teams that were, that I thought they were going to be able to get a, you know, I, I thought, you know, I thought the Houston game, I'll tell you, I thought that was going to be, you know, a W. Um, I was uncertain. Uh, I mean, I said on the podcast that we wanted, you know, Denver to win, but, you know, I could have seen if they, that, you know, the way that swings. Uh, but I was very certain about, um, you know, I was very confident with Cincinnati. Uh, I was very confident with Tennessee just because of the injury report, but I shouldn't have been because uh, we don't beat them. And, you know, this one, man, I, I just really think that I, it, it's just tough. It's just tough because you got Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, two of the highest paid quarterbacks and cornerbacks in the league. You got Devin McCourty, who's a, or excuse me, Jason, Jason McCourty who is a veteran, you know, uh, free safety. There's not much that he hasn't seen at all. Um, and he's from that Belichick or he's from, uh, from new England as well. So that Belichick disciple. So man, it, it, it's tough. The only way, the only way the Jags even, even remotely make this a game is, is like you said, by running the ball. That's it. Yeah. That's the only way they make this a game. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know if Trevor has it in him yet to line up, you know, four wide with these guys and with this with this back there, and all they need, and Miami could win this game off off turn off turnovers if that happens. They yeah. could win this game seventeen nothing. Um, you know, off turnovers, just just like that. So they, they got to run the ball, man. R- really running, do. running is the key. I wish we had some form of a kicking game. And look, regardless of who they trot out there at quarterback. You got to put some pressure on the QB, uh, whether if it's Brissett or Tua, and and give your your secondary a, a puncher's chance because they don't, you know, we're not covering that well, especially on the back end opposite of Shaq Griffin. So, just because the Dolphins are one and four doesn't mean they won't 
tear us up. Okay. Yeah. Because we're, one, we're 0 and 5. Two, they're going to be mad because Brady just got through ripping them last Sunday. So right. they're, they're going to come out ready to play. They don't want to get embarrassed on an international stage. And I hope our, I hope our team is, it has the same mentality. You know, we got all thanks to some stuff that we don't want to talk about with the Redskins and the Raiders. Herbs's little story is gone. Okay. Yeah. So that that's past us. All right. Focus on the Dolphins. And then Herbs, you can go to Ohio and do whatever you want to do during the bye week. Okay. And then <laughs> just don't just don't just just be conscious of the uh, the video surveillance. Yeah. You know, another thing too, man. I've said I said it a couple of times, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna do some crazy stuff like that, at least get you a decent camera phone. At least get you a decent camera phone. <laughs> like uh, the, the, I mean, track, the, the track phones and the crickets and all that, man. You got to get you a decent camera phone. They got an um, Apple event coming up, or they just had one, so you know. I think there's another one coming up soon. Oh, I, I got an email about it the other day, but I think, man, if they if they they got this is the the last chance. I mean, what a what a good way to you know go into the buy, try to reset some things. Um, if, if you if you if you handle the business, reset some things. You got Seattle, which is now looking a little bit more a little bit more winnable ish, depending on the out, outcome of this. Um, you know, so they're, they're not really the, the the giant that we thought we were going to have to have to face, but it's still a formidable formidable opponent. But this schedule gets tough, man. You got you got Buffalo coming. Uh, we got Indy. We got the Niners. Uh, we got the Falcons, Rams, Titans again, Texans again, Jets. I mean, that that'll probably be your next chance to get a W, uh, you know, within, you know, just basing it off the team that we've played and how we played against them so far in that first quarter. Um, you know, you got Jets, Patriots. Uh, it, it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier for, for any teams. And especially since we're the cupcake right now, you know? Yeah. So we, there, there aren't any other, you know, teams that we can look forward to say, maybe we can write it against them now. You know, we're the teams they are trying to write things against and you don't want to be that. No, you definitely don't want to be that. So, man, hey, let's just go get a W. Let's beat the Dolphins and move on. Um, That's all we got. Are you saying W? Oh, am I saying W? Yeah. Um. (laughs) It's so hard to say W, but it's so hard. Good night. I want to because I know – that we have the players capable of beating the Dolphins. I just don't know what Herbs is going to go out there and do as far as stupidity. Doing, yeah. I'm doing something dumb. Um, it, it's so tough. It's so tough. But, hey, I'm a Jags fan, and I'm going to say that we're going to go out and get a W on Sunday. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stop the streak at 20. We're gonna stop it, it at twenty. Yo, so I, I'll leave it at this. If if they lose, I'm gonna pick them. They burn me this week. I will not pick them for the rest of the year. <laughs> I swear. I swear. The next, the, the next, the, the next, um, the next ten games or eleven games. I'm still not used to the um, the, that extra game. But man, I, I don't know. I, I you've got to write it here. You, you know, you're used to London. Maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe it's just they just got to get out of Jacksonville to get the W. Shoot. If that's the case, man, 
That's not no. That's not the case. No, we don't want no, that to happen. Not, no, they'll good, lose. Not, <laughs> well, which way you look at it, it just makes you want to put your head in your hands, and you just are like, why? Yeah. Why? Um. But yeah, no, that's all the time we got today, man. We we really appreciate everyone out there listening to the, to the pod. Please leave us a uh, five star review if you if you like us. Uh, uh, follow us back on Twitter. Say hello to uh, Corey. And at the uh, hot dog, if you see him eating a hot dog at a gate station, I still don't understand what he was doing there at 6 a.m. looking at the hot dogs. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, It is what it is. But, hey, um, no, we appreciate everyone uh, listening, supporting us, and we'll talk to you all real soon.